A very warm welcome to the podcast. It is literally a warm welcome as the sun is out in all its glory these last few days. It's been, uh, yeah, sweaty and it's not going to get any cooler whilst I sit here in the little spare room recording yet another episode of Joe Blogs about films. Uh, thank you ever so much again for clicking on. I am Joe, uh, the creator of all things Joe Blogs about films and also known as he who remains talking about films. You can see where I'm going here for episode 12. Uh, I'm sat in a 24 degrees heat. I'm bringing you another episode of this podcast. And this week, we are back to TV. And again, thank you ever so much for clicking on this. If you've clicked on any other previous episodes so far, as I mentioned, you are in fact a massive superhero. And thank you if you've recommended it to anyone else that you know. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I'll also give a rundown of all the social uh, media platforms that there's a page for you to follow, should you like to do that. But the main thing is you've clicked on this episode and it's greatly appreciated. Thanking you very, very much. As I say, though, I am he who remains talking about films and tv and this week i say tv it is here and um we're going to be going back again to marvel it was only a couple of weeks ago that we had marvel on for the black widow film that i absolutely loved um and this is yet another thing that marvel have produced um the many things that Marvel have produced that has been absolutely just thoroughly enjoyable to watch, a very excellent spectacle. It is, of course, the brand new Loki TV series starring Tom Hiddleston himself. And uh, obviously there's a great cast in there, which we will be touching on, but wow, um, I cannot wait to talk about this. And I've purposefully left this a little bit later to talk about because obviously it's a season it's a series. So I was hopefully hoping that people will be able to catch up on it if they haven't already. Um but the main thing is, is this podcast will be here for those if you are late to the party. Um, this is entitled Why I Loved Loki. Um, and I've been very low-key <laughs> in putting this together because I want to talk about I want to talk about the big things and the big plot points of this because it's such a, a, a huge deal, really. Um, I think the main reason I can generalize and sum up the why I loved it. Um, is because it's just completely changed the face of the MCU, or rather the MCM, if you want to be uh, changing that to multiverse now. Um, and that's really like what we're going to, you know, we're going to obviously, re I'm going to review it and what I think about it without, you know, going too overboard with the spoilers. And I'm not going to break down every single scene, be like, oh, well, in the next scene, this happened. But really, I wanted to go over like a general, yeah, like a, just the general aspects of why Loki is so important to the MCU now, but also just why I loved it. I, I mean, I kind of really explained that. It's because it's just, it, it's A, it's really, really good, and B, it's just, um, yeah, it's just the impact this show has had on the rest of the, well, what, what, what the foreseeable future of the MCU. It's, uh, yeah, reasons massively to get excited. Um, so a bit of background with me and Loki, because a lot of my friends who have seen this podcast title um, that know me personally will know just how much I was not really a Loki fan. Um, I went completely off him for a while. Uh, well, I say a while, d d since Avengers 1, <laughs> really. Um, which may surprise a, a few listeners there. They might be thinking, how can you possibly hate Loki? I don't think it was him. I think, well, maybe a little bit of him. I don't know. Like To be honest with you, I was just sick of the way that he was being handled. Um, I didn't like this whole... He's dead, then he's back, and then he's killed off again, then he's back again, and it's a fake out, and yet another fake out. Is he good? Is he bad? Like, I get why, to an extent, they did that. I can I can maybe understand more so why he turns from good to bad, because obviously he's the trickster, this, that, and you know, I mean, he's in for his own self-gain. Um, 
but I just can't get on with this whole let's kill him off to bring him back, kill him off to bring him back. Because as as far as you know, we when we saw at the you know from Infinity War and Endgame, spoilers if you've not seen it yet. I mean, if you've not seen those films yet, then oh, come on. Uh, but anyway, so obviously Infinity War, Thanos kills him right at the start. I think I must have been the only person in the cinema that was like, yo, yes. Um, and <laughs> I wasn't really applauding him. Anything. It was it was a very powerful scene, but you know what I mean? Like, for it, It's always great when there's a character that you don't like that kind of, yeah, is gone. Um, so yeah, I thought that was going to be the end of it. And then lo and behold, obviously Endgame comes out and it changes it again. But Marvel are good at this. I can't judge them too much. I think we all kind of expected that something was going to happen in Endgame that was going to be able to bring Loki back. And that is essentially what happens uh, in 2012. Obviously, we had the Avengers Avengers 1, the attacker, yeah, the attack at New York and uh, Loki manages to uh, yeah, escape again uh, via the Tesseract, which um, all the Infinity Stones in Loki and that are pretty much rendered useless, or at least just they're not even as important or the, you know there's a few a few nods there that other people have tried to get the infinity stones and obviously it wasn't yeah it wasn't for them to do which brings me really onto you know the whole thing and and story behind loki because we find him at the start he's he's obviously escaped the uh the from the avengers he's broken away from the timeline essentially and he's now um yeah like it's not the loki that we knew from the whole of last well it's weird this because it's going down different timelines but the timeline that we've seen obviously where loki appears obviously from avengers and then you know he's in thor 2 ragnarok and or, or you know anything else that he does pop in this isn't that same loki which kind of straight away was i was thinking what what you know what what is going to happen here because we were i mean i don't know if i what i was expecting but i know that some people online were kind of expecting the loki tv series where we we're going to see that maleficent you know evil kind of bad guy that he was in avengers you know running amok and it's not really that at all this is kind of another self-discovery really because i think that you know loki is a so such a complex character uh, i mean i always kind of forget the whole story about him being adopted and you know being a frost giant or whatever um which again didn't really touch well they mention it but i, I you know a lot of people like he could have turned blue in the tv series but i guess we can we can forgive them for not for not doing that because like i said this is a completely different loki um so we find himself being discovered by the tva which is the time variance authority and these guys essentially are there to protect the timeline, the multiverse, all in the name of the sacred timekeepers. And it's really that that it makes this TV series pretty much as good as what it is. Because as an audience member, like we've never heard of the TVA before. Like as, as, as a viewer, we've never heard of them, nor has Loki. So there's this great story of what on earth, like who, who on earth are the TVA? What do they do? Why are they here? Um, and it's a little bit interesting that someone, like I said, Loki, a god, has never heard of them before, and it and it just it just kind of goes from there. I'm a big fan. I've already said of establishing like law and and new. I don't know. This is this is one of the things that I loved about it because the TV I thought was such a very, very good um you know idea to bring in with Loki uh, and establishing you know that he isn't top dog here. Like he's now got to work for them. Um, and in doing that, we obviously get to meet so many great characters, such as Owen Wilson. Um, there's also some excellent work from Gugu Mbatha-Ro, who plays uh, Ravana Renslayer. Uh, Wunmu Masaku, as well as Hunter B-15, who's just a, a TVA uh, agent, really. And it's really established. The first, the first episode is establishing that, and Loki's like you know, transition into, obviously we've just gone from trying to take over the world to now he's almost like a prisoner in the TVA and what they want from him is something that correctly, you know, rightly in their view, want to make sure the timeline stay in check. 
and it kind of goes on it goes from there really there's some excellent excellent animations i absolutely love miss minutes i actually purchased myself a miss minutes t-shirt from zavi um which again i never thought i'd see the day about loki merch but i'm trying to go with the fact that maybe i'm a variant of myself and maybe i've enjoyed this because i'm not actually the real joe hobson now nah, i'll think now nah, i'm only kidding this this is a great tv show um so really what, what it comes what it boils down to is that owen wilson uh, say his character Mobius, which I got to give credit because even from the trailer, you kind of got the feeling that, that this could be a really, really, really good character for, for Owen Wilson to play. And it's really strange because you know it's Owen Wilson, but at the same time, because he looks so different to me, like say his hairstyle and everything, like he just looks like any other, essentially like FBI agent, if you will, like he's an agent for the TVA that will do his work and, you know, kind of a desk job, but gets out in the field and stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I just bought his character so well. Um, I really love the relationship between Mobius and uh, Loki as it blossomed and developed over the, yeah, over the course of these episodes. You know, you've got the the start of it where there's not really a lot of trust there, but you know, towards the end of it, there is I don't know, like a, not more more than just trust and a work work friendship. This is a a full on friendship, um, and it's really lovely to see because obviously Loki's not really had that throughout the entire run of the MCU. Yeah, okay, you know, he might collaborate with, um, you know, his brother Thor or anyone else that is that's kind of really anything that can help him in the MCU, he would, you know, do it for that benefit rather than actually helping someone. It's always self-gain. But there's there's more in this. There's 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 more heart massively with this Loki. There's self-love, if you will. Like, there was self-hatred in the first because he felt like he he wasn't, you know, he was an outcast. He was taken when he was a kid by, you know, Odin and, and therefore not as worthy as everyone else. So it's almost like he wants he wanted to rule and, and you know, I don't know, bring bring a, a big claim to his name almost. Whereas this, I think, is this is so different. Um, and it's this is Loki in the sense that I think there's, like I said, there's more heart to it, it's more personal. And almost like he's um, learning about himself again. Like he, we get, he gets to see his entire timeline in the MCU, you know, from where we saw him in Avengers up until the point in Infinity War where Thanos chokes him. And it's almost like there's that... Self-reflection, there's a really lovely moment, strange moment, but he like almost laughs at his own death. And I think that's a that's a pivotal moment in in his story in Loki because now it's kind of like, well, that's how not to do it, kind of thing. Maybe he's all again, he's he's still at the start got that inner selfishness, like it's all for what he wants to do. Like he, you know, he wants to find out who the timekeepers are and overthrow them, kind of thing. But it's like it's a second chance. That's that's almost like how I see it anyway, it's a second chance of him to live, but also a second chance for us to explore and learn more about this Loki. Um, and they do it tremendously well. It just makes me like him just a whole lot more. Like, there's so much humour in there as well, almost like he's discovering this for the first time. He has no idea who the TVA is, and so obviously, understandably, wants to find out what exactly is the TVA, who are the timekeepers, and why it is as it is, which brings us very nicely to the fact that, um, you know, Owen Wilson's character Mobius and, and obviously the TVA are trying to hunt down and stop another variant of Loki as they are taking out other TVA members. They don't really know why that is or, or what their, you know, their goal is, but it needs to stop. They need to find out why it is. And so they hire Loki, our Loki, to find the other Loki. And this really just opens the door to so, so much more fun. And again, it does bring back the whole side of like, is Loki, what, whose side is Loki on with this? Because when we find out that, you know, the other Loki is essentially Lady Loki or Sylvie, as she's now known, um, I think it's again, it's like he's almost juggling at a point of who should he kind of fight for or fight with um because you've got the tva they're very secretive about the timekeepers and you know they essentially they will take out loki if they need to 
and you know re you know sort out his his timeline again i should mention as well sorry that when a variant branches away from his uh, from the correct timeline it can create uh, what they call a nexus event which is essentially just another fancy term for messing up timelines and if they don't sort it out then obviously there could be a whole Oh my word! There could be disarray. Um, so there's there's that obviously, and so by by you know got the TVA that want to use him to bring up, bring back, or to stop this other version of him. But at the same time, that in itself could stop the normal Loki because it's like once they've done with him, what are they going to do? They could just essentially you know like wipe him out and then and start again, kind of thing with the correct timeline. So there's really like that conflict there as well. But I absolutely loved this relationship between Sylvie and Loki. I thought that it was very lovely. Again, it was something that we'd never seen Loki do before, and. And credit, you know, to uh, Sylvie actress uh, Sofia DiMartino, who I felt was uh, absolutely top, top notch as Sylvie. Um, there's so many great notes that I made of their relationship together as the episodes went on when they were, you know, almost building trust. There was some really, really lovely moments. It was at times at first I couldn't work out if I felt like it was almost like a bit of a sibling rivalry a little bit. Like there was some excellent kind of fights and, and you know, Loki being Loki himself being like, let's just wait and chat about it. But then before he knows it, she's throwing a punch at him at first. And it really is, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, they they are the same, obviously well, they are the same person, but I think they realise that and that's where that relationship blossoms as well. And then I think there's, the, you know, there's, there's definitely almost like in a like there's there's trust issues, and I think that comes down to a lot of how both of them have had to endure their lives. You know, Loki was uh, say, you know, he was kept his his, you know, heritage or his adoption was kept secret from him, which obviously twisted his inner, you know, his inner demons, if you will, and that made him who he was in the MCU. And then Sylvie, you know, this little girl that was just having a lovely day gets taken by the TV out of her timeline and then she's just obviously supposedly meant to be you know taken care of um and she manages to escape uh, you know and, and therefore that's her start of the journey the only thing that she knows is that she went from being daughter of Odin on Asgard to now completely on her own um you know hiding out in different destructions different doomsdays if you will just so she could find a little bit of way back of taking on the TVA and destroying the timekeepers there's there's some great motive there and I think that's what makes us such a believable and extraordinary character and something that I would absolutely love to see um obviously we'll talk a little bit about Loki about uh, Sylvie sorry as we go on because there's something quite major that happens with her towards the end but I just found that their relationship as a whole whether you thought that it was a little bit either I don't know icky or if you thought it was unnecessary um I think it worked really well it was two damaged people that were almost fixing themselves but without them even knowing it they didn't think they needed each other until they met each other and i think that is such a great storyline so yeah some really really excellent characters and because of all these characters we were already establishing like this whole mythology in itself a little bit because now when we get another series of Loki, which they have announced, um, you know, we'll already know all of these characters. We won't have to establish much. We're straight in with this like almost like tight knit unit between obviously like characters like Mobius and Loki and Sylvie and Loki. And yeah, it, it, there's some excellent, excellent, excellent dialogue in this in, in throughout the entirety of it. There's some very quick quips that I was uh, found extremely funny. Uh, but also I say I enjoyed the action sequences because it's not Marvel without action. And, Episode three in particular, entitled Lamentis, has got some very, very lovely, uh, lovely use of colour, but also some some nice nods as well. There's a there's a moment where Loki is drunk and he slams his drink down and shouts another, which is again a great reference and one of my favourite moments from the early MCU films with Thor. Um, 
But yeah, we really go on there and it kind of just, the, the TV series just keeps going, keeps going. And we get all sorts of treats during its runtime. You know, in, in particular, I think, you know, episode four has some very, very poignant moments there, um, you know, between Loki and Mobius in particular. Mobius realizing that, yeah, you know what, I think that Loki's onto something uh, by explaining what he's found out and discovered. Um, but also, you know, there's, there's episode five as well, which is... Uh, Again, I think a lot of viewers' favorite episode, if I'm if I'm correctly thinking that. I particularly enjoyed episode five. It was entitled "Journey into the Mystery," and we got to meet so many different variants of Loki um, that you just couldn't take your eyes off it. There was a crocodile Loki in there, kid Loki. Even Rich D. Grant gets to play uh, essentially the comic version of Loki in, in his attire, and I love that Marvel have done that, especially when they did that in One Division as well, when uh, both Wanda and Vision had their you know comic outfits on, as did um, Evan Peters as Quicksilver as well and the fact they're able to do that um, that's a great big tick for me because I thought that episode 5 as well was was full of laughs and it really did set us up very nicely for uh, what would be the finale and boy what a finale that is so good um, which is a kind of like I say one of the reasons why I've not done this podcast as soon as as what uh, I usually do them because usually you know once the TV show is done it may have come out last week but I really wanted to kind of hold off a little bit because there's some big 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 things that happen towards the end of this if, in, you know particularly with the gentleman that is uh, with the with the entity or persons that's known as he who remains um, which is essentially like, we're going to go out and say it's Kang like it, it is Kang it's a it, it's a variant of Kang and this gentleman he remains at the core of the timeline he's he's a variant of another version of himself so obviously a, very, a more nice one if you will who's keeping everything in check everything's kind of purposefully chosen like all of sylvie's existence or why that she may have been taken from her timeline this that and the other um everything like that has been purposefully managed and and set so that other versions of he who remains and other universes can't fight each other essentially there was a great war at one point in like the 30th century Everyone from different multiverses, obviously, they were trying to, you know, utilize their own their own skills or their own knowledge about technology. And it just kind of like was working, but then it went a little bit sour and all these worlds and universes fought each other. So in, in the, the, you know, the, in stopping that, he who remains has now watched the few or, or set everything in motion. But to a certain point, he only knew up to what would happen to this moment when Sylvie and Loki do eventually find him. Again, I have glossed over a lot to how we've got here because I'm, like I say, I don't want to just sit here and be like, this happens and this happens and this happens because I want you to enjoy it as well. But the main point, obviously, the reason why I've stopped, you know, I've not recorded this sooner um, is because I say I want to talk about mainly how this is going to impact uh, the future of the MCU. And this is where we have it, obviously. The, the he who remains has now... His, his, his time, his, what he can see into the future has now stopped. This is now, as of now, if he is killed, obviously the multiverse will branch off and other versions of himself can then essentially come back, create havoc. Um, or, you know, he gives, I think he gives them the option that he can put them back into their normal timelines together, Sylvie and Loki, um, and kind of let all is forgotten or even take over what he's doing because, again, he's essentially he's done his job. Um there's a scuffle as there would be. Sylvie wants one thing, Loki wants another. It's a it's a very sad like affair, really, when you've seen how close these guys have got together, how there's definitely love there between them. It's so strange in a way because it's it's like loving yourself almost. But um 
there's yeah, there's 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 a tough battle there, um, and maybe more of an inner battle for Sylvia, I would say, because it's like, should she shouldn't she kill the person that's taken out basically her life away? Um, in doing so, though, it, obviously with that though, she does take out this this variant of He Who Remains. He's only ever known as He Who Remains. He's not mentioned as Kang, but we know he's Kang. Um, and yeah, the timelines branch off and splits this. It's just literally throwing everything that we know about the MCU into just well, just throwing it up into the air. It's like that's it, that's it. Like we are now heading down a route that probably will include the Spider-Verse, that will have all these other things as well. Like, for example, you've seen the comics. They can be, you know, you've got your own stretch of comics or like their own comic stories, but there's other things that have got no relation to it whatsoever, like other characters doing, like how many Spider-Man comics are there? There are different variants of Spider-Man comics in the world. So it really does feel more comic-y, if that makes sense. Like, it feels more like we're going to be getting more storylines that don't have to be... Like, you don't have to watch 10 films or whatever it is to understand, like, one of them kind of, you know I mean? Like, the big films that we're going to be getting films. Like, yeah, we'll get the Spider-Man film, but who knows, we might get, like, another Spider-Man film that's a Miles Morales film that's, that's like, in another universe where he is the only Spider-Man. Just, just for a quick example, that is, I don't really know what their plans are. I'm not friends with Kevin Feige. I don't know what they're going to do. But all I know is that I'm very excited for where this, uh, where the universe and multiverse is going to go now with Marvel, purely on the back of one tremendous TV series that is Loki. Like I say, I've never really been a massive fan of Loki. I thought that he was always there just kind of like just causing, like, I don't know, like just a problem for Thor to sort out a little bit. Or like, I don't know, They just if they didn't have a baddie, they, sometimes I feel like they just bring him in just for the sake of it. Um, it just feels like he's got more of a purpose now. And that's one of the things I said after the first three episodes of this TV series with Loki, I was like, I just feel like he's got such more of a purpose that... It's just exciting to watch again. Like I don't know where it's going to go. This is a Loki that has we've never really properly met in a sense. Like we know how Loki was at the start and how you know how the the, the great character that was that got to by the time Endgame came out, for example. Like in Infinity War, like you, you do feel sad because there's almost that sense of when Thanos is choking him to death, he's kind of. Well, you know, he, he tries to stick up for his brother again and, and Ragnarok kind of brought them back together just, you know, very, you know, prior to that. So, yeah, I love Loki. I thought it was excellent. I think it's definitely the best of the D Disney Plus TV series, which is a big, bold claim because WandaVision was excellent. Um, and it just, like I say, shapes and sets up the future. Say, uh, I I really wanted to talk more, like I say, about Kang and everything like that, or He Who Remains, which is why I've delayed doing this. And... I just can't wait to see more what's happening. They say we they, by the end of the you know the episode, Loki's then come back to Mobius and Renslayer, who's like the, the obviously been working with the, the the alleged timekeepers that you know were, were were almost fake outs, if you will. She's now gone off somewhere. We don't know where she's gone. She's obviously got a big part to play with her comic role, obviously her and Kang's uh, history, if you will. So that's exciting to look forward to. Should they you know explore that route or storyline? But it's exciting as well that obviously, you know, Loki coming back into what essentially is a different universe. He's come back into one where Owen Wilson's Mobius and, and everyone there don't know who, don't remember anything or don't know who essentially Loki is. And, you know, the timekeepers statues if you will that were all around the tva they are um you know they've changed to kang i've also kind of glossed over the fact that you know that the tva themselves they are all variants like everyone who works at the tva again they've been plucked out by he who remains just to create this agency of keeping the timeline in check like almost like doing more work or doing his not his work but doing part of his work for him like he's purposefully crafted those people there created those people just to keep everything in check again he who remains could only see it up to so far he knew that sylvia and loki were going to be coming at some point to kind of 
challenge him, if you will. Um, but I, I have to say, speaking of he who remains again, sorry, I've, I've not really spoke about him, but Jonathan Majors, as he who remains, or Kong, um, is excellent. I know there's a few people, weirdly, that were kind of saying they didn't really un- like either get it or, or understand his portrayal. But I just think if you were a guy that had spent the rest of your, or like all of your variant life, just locked in a house in the middle of, or like the center of the universe on your own, I think I'd be a little bit like, I don't know, like, not cuckoo. I don't think cuckoo's the right the right word for it. Or like, you know, just a little bit eccentric. That's the word I'm looking for. So I think that I would be a little bit more like, oh, like, you know, I know what's going to happen, you know, that, that eccentricity towards it. And I think Jonathan Majors is going to be absolutely fantastic as Kang. I know he's been cast in the new Ant-Man film, Ant-Man 3, which we're going to call it, Quantumania, I think it is, um, where we're going to get to see another variant of Kang coming our way. Um... If anything, if the first one's anything to go by, and he was a nicer one as well, Kang's going to be absolutely massive. Like we thought, Thanos was a big baddie. I think Kang's going to really, really take the mantle to a whole new level and say, "This guy just wants to take over everything, not just obliterate fifty percent of the universe, but he wants to take over the entirety of it." And I'm really excited to see where Loki season two goes to explore all of that. If it does, if it's kind of be well, it will do. But you know what I mean? Like it, they could because we've got all these you know multiverse films set to come out. You know the multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange as well, which is obviously going to be kind of following on from what we got with One Division. Um, you know the Spider Man. There's all these other villains coming into it. It's so exciting, so exciting. And what they can do now, Marvel is limitless, uh, and that's why I love Loki so much. It's completely changed the shape of the MCU. I really, really can't wait for it. Say so aside from the fact that. It is just an all-round brilliant, brilliant TV series. Um, I made so many notes on this show that I really have kind of tried to cram it down as much as I can. I probably missed out so much that people are thinking, what, you've not spoke about this, you've not spoke about that. Trust me, every aspect of it I loved. But um, yeah, if you guys have seen it and you've loved it as well, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. You can get in touch as well on Twitter, which is Joe Blogs Films, also Facebook, which is just Joe Blogs About Films. If you search that, give me a like and a follow. That would be really, really great to say. Um, I, just to sum up, loved Loki. I think I'm a converted Loki fan. I'm a variant of myself now that loves Loki. But really appreciate you listening. This has been episode 12. Cannot wait to see where the MCU or MCM goes now. And I look forward to talking more things Marvel in the future, especially with uh, many, many films that are due out this year. It's exciting again. And I thought, honestly, I was done with Marvel after Endgame. But they had other plans, and I'm all for it. I can't wait to talk more about it. Thank you ever so much for listening. Until next time.